It's already game day for the Miami Hurricanes. What do the Canes need to do tonight against Bethune-Cookman? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor for allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So folks, here are my objectives. For the Miami Hurricanes coming off of that win against Texas A&M, going up against the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats tonight. Keep in mind, the Hurricanes are 53-point favorites this evening. Those odds courtesy of FanDuel. So you're expected to win by more than seven touchdowns this evening. My first objective, this goes for any game, but especially a game like this, do not get anyone injured, okay? Uh, obviously, you suffered a handful of hopefully mostly minor injuries against Texas A&M last week. Obviously, that's going to happen. It's a dangerous game. You're going to have injuries in some bigger games like that. Let's try to get everyone through this one injury-free, please. That's my number one. Number two, do not let up. I don't care at certain points in the game, whether it's your first stringers in there, your second, third or fourth teamers on the field do not let up keep the mental mistakes to a minimum keep the effort to a maximum and guys when you talk about you know using young players and getting deep into the depth chart in a game like this it's more than likely going to happen um mario cristobal was asked about it this week and i thought he handled it well the way any respectful football coach said and said you know i'm not going to talk about getting you know young players and second third stringers in the game because that would be disrespectful to our opponent and disrespectful to football mario cristobal doesn't have to say it i will i'm expecting a lot of guys deep on the roster to get playing time tonight my third objective and this gives Miami an opportunity to clean some things up for later in the year when you start hitting that conference schedule a little bit later on. Please, please, please keep the penalties down, okay? I'd love to come out of this game with zero penalties or maybe one or two penalties, something like that, because penalties have been a problem the first two games. We can overlook some of these things because Miami's getting the dubs. They're 2-0, but they've committed too many penalties in each of these first two games, and I know a lot of us didn't like some of the calls that were made in the Texas A&M game, but still too many penalties being committed, okay? My fourth objective tonight against Bethune-Cookman for your Miami Hurricanes, keep the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats out of the end zone. Miami Hurricanes were able to keep a better than Bethune Miami, Ohio team out of the end zone a couple of weeks ago. So if everyone stays focused on their assignments tonight, tackles well, no mental lapses, I see no reason why the Hurricanes can't keep the Wildcats out of the end zone and hopefully even pitch a shutout tonight, all right? So those are my objectives. Keep the Wildcats out of the end zone. Please, please, please keep the penalties down or even at zero. That would be awesome. Do not let up. 
Um, obviously, Miami's not going to keep their starters in there to try and cover the spread or anything like that. But no matter who's on the field, I want them playing with maximum effort, scoring, tackling, all the above, and do not get anyone injured. Now, um, the strategy with quarterbacks tonight could be very interesting, right? We expect Tyler Van Dyke to start the game, hopefully not have to play a whole lot. And obviously, TVD stock is rising after that five touchdown, 374-yard performance against Texas A&M. We'd like TVD to have a quick evening, okay? So do you play two quarterbacks behind him? Do you only play one quarterback behind him? Because as we've discussed on Locked on Canes, the goal from Shannon Dawson and Mario Cristobal is to preserve the red shirt, if you can, from both backup quarterbacks. I know Brown's in his second year, but he didn't burn his red shirt last year, so he can use that red shirt this season. Emory Williams, true freshman, they'd like to keep his red shirt going. Uh, based on the NCAA rules now, it was different a few years ago, but you can play in up to four games, right? And it doesn't matter when, doesn't have to be the first four games. You can play in up to four games throughout the season without burning a red shirt. So as long as Tyler Van Dyke stays healthy, you have that opportunity. So how do you strategize it tonight? Do you let TVD play a quarter and a half or a half of football and then you use Jakari Brown for the second half? Or do you use only Emery Williams for the second half? Because I kind of wonder, since Jakari's the more experienced guy, I wonder if they're saving Jakari's four games for situations where you might you know, need him if something happens to TVD, if you're trying to save his four games. So who knows, maybe we'll see two and a half quarters of the true freshman Emery Williams tonight, but you'd love to see sharp execution from either or both of them when, when they play this evening. And it's not only about seeing multiple quarterbacks tonight. Hopefully we're gonna get to see a lot of those true freshmen in the class of 2023, maybe some of the guys we haven't seen play a whole lot yet, uh, Robbie Washington and Ray Ray Joseph. We've seen Ray Ray take some snaps and he had a catch in the first game. We haven't really seen Ray Ray get the opportunity to fully flex what he's made of. Maybe we'll see some of that tonight. Uh, will we see Chris Johnson Jr. get in at running back? Uh, I don't expect uh, Mark Fletcher to play tonight, so Johnson may get some opportunities. There's a lot of freshman linebackers I want to see play because, you know, the, the elder statesman at linebacker have been really good so far this season with Kiko Malinoa and KJ Cloyd and Wes Besaint and Corey Flagg, who's playing really well, all playing major roles. But I'd like to get some opportunities, you know, to see the Malik Bryants and the Popo Aguirre's and the Bobby Washington, Marcellus Pulliam. I'd like to see them get some playing time tonight because, again, these guys have up to four games they can play in without burning the red shirt. And, you know, a guy who has played a handful of snaps already. Heck, I'd love to see more tight end Riley Williams, the true freshman sensation. I'd like he's got one catch so far in the year. I'd like to see him get three, four, five, six catches tonight. Let's freaking go. All right. So when we come back, we're going to open it up to you guys questions. You've been hitting me up fast and furious on our exclusive SMS texting service through subtext. You can click the link in the show description below. We're going to answer you guys questions when we come back because you have so much on the game tonight, on the win against Texas A&M, on certain players we haven't really seen show out just yet, players we didn't expect to play well who are showing out already. Bottom line, my friends, we are only getting started right here on Locked on Canes. Keep it locked. Folks, 
I was so happy that Jace Medical is now aboard and a member of the Locked On family. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. So guys, we've learned in the last few years through the COVID-19 pandemic, it can be very difficult to get the medications you need when you need them and international supply chain issues. Sometimes it's hard to get these medicines on demand. Jace Medical is gonna provide you so you are prepared. Do not be caught unprepared, my friends. So with the Jace case, my friends, uh, all it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of our board certified physicians. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen and your first watch today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And make sure tomorrow, Friday, you're checking out Locked on College Football Kickoff Live each Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. We go live on every Locked on College YouTube channel, including ours at Locked on Canes. We cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and we go in-depth like only Locked on can, including insight and analysis from our studio, of from our stable, I should say, of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You will not want to miss it. All right, let's get into your questions. You guys have been hitting me up on our exclusive SMS texting platform. You can click the link in the show description below to try it. It's through subtext. All right, so we get one from, uh, from someone in the 681. They didn't sign their name on this one, but they ask, is Cam Kinchins playing tonight? I will answer by saying this. I think there's a better chance the game tonight in Miami Gardens, Florida is delayed by a blizzard than Cam Kinchin's plays tonight. Let that man take it easy. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm so relieved and you guys know we've been praying for Cam and his family after you know he had that collision and was stretchered out and airlifted out of the game last weekend. We're so thankful that he's doing well and that all of his tests were negative and that he's okay. but. Cam needs some time off, so do not expect to see Cam suit up against Bethune-Cookman. I don't know what his timetable is, but I'm not expecting to see it tonight. We just need him to rest up and get better. Uh, we get a question from DatDude239 who says, Hey, my question is, there were a couple of players I thought would get more snap counts in the Texas A&M game, or, uh, and they may not have even played. Uh, he, he lists Tyler Harrell and Jaleel Skinner. As examples of that, are they lower on the depth chart or was this not a good matchup for them? I would think Tyler Harrell would have gotten a lot of snaps because of his speed. And we also, we got a similar question from LL Cool Matt. So I wanna shout him out as well about uh, just wondering what's going on with Jaleel Skinner, you know, the tight end, why he's not getting on the field at all so far this season. Uh, now, okay, as far as, you know, Tyler Harrell at wide receiver, you know, in I think he's going to get more time, but right now, Shannon Dawson and Kevin Beard, they have clearly found their top three, okay? Uh, right, Xavier Restrepo, Colby Young, who's got touchdowns in each of the first two games, Jacoby George, who scored three freaking touchdowns last weekend against Texas A&M. Uh, you know, these guys have been stepping up. They stepped up in the biggest game of the season so far, and that's why there wasn't a whole lot of rotation. Obviously, we saw Isaiah Horton get on the field. He only played four snaps, Horton, but he scored a 52-yard touchdown with one of those, so that was really awesome. But um, I, I just think that uh, just based on that big of a game, 
they tend to keep their top three, you know, with not a whole lot of rotation on the field. Obviously, in in some of the games coming up, uh, Bethune-Cookman, Temple, hopefully even the Georgia Tech game, you're going to see more rotation and more opportunities. But at this time, I wouldn't read too much into Tyler Harrell not getting on the field a whole lot. I think hopefully his time is going to come. As far as Jaleel Skinner, my best guess, okay? Just reading the tea leaves here, the breadcrumbs, the clues. A couple weeks ago, before the season started, Shannon Dawson mentioned Jaleel Skinner is just someone who needs to put on more weight. And Jaleel, I've talked to him multiple times, and I love Jaleel, and I want to see him get on the field and score touchdowns and all that. But he's mentioned, you know, he's working on getting bigger, and he's working on becoming a better inline blocker. So my take right now is we are learning that in this Shannon Dawson offense, tight ends being able to block competently and confidently that is non-negotiable, okay? Um, so Cam McCormick, who actually did have a really big catch in the Texas A&M game, you know, whatever he lacks as a receiver, he more than makes up for as a blocker. It's like having a sixth offensive lineman on the field and a really, really good one. And so that's got to be the reason here. Why Jaleel Skinner is not getting on the field, it's got to be because he's still working on himself as a blocker. And, you know, he knows we're rooting for him because we're big fans of Jaleel Skinner on this show. We get a question from ND Hater 85 who says, Hey, Alex, do you think we can expect to see Trevante Citizen before Miami's matchup with North Carolina? Your guess is as good as mine, man. Um, you know, I know I know Cristobal did say before the season started that they expect Citizen, who's stud running back, we haven't seen yet. He missed his entire true freshman season last year with a torn ACL. He had a setback last offseason. He's still been recovering from that. Uh, I think the recovery is going really well. But we've learned. You see what's going on with Elijah Arroyo. You see what's going on with Zion Nelson. These coaches and this medical staff, they are very, very cautious. That, you know, I, I think maybe last year they might have rushed some guys back. They're no longer in the business of rushing people back. So your guess is as good as mine. And hopefully at some point this year we see Trevante Citizen. Um, you know, I, I, I can't even put a percentage on it. What I go 50, 50, 30, 70. I don't I don't know. But we'll hopefully we'll find more information on how he's doing as uh, as the weeks and the months. Well, hopefully not months, hopefully just the weeks go on there. Uh, we get a question from K Dot who says, it seemed as if, staying with the running backs here, it seems as if A.J. Allen didn't play until the second half of Texas A&M. If I'm wrong, disregard. Now, I think you're right. I don't think A.J. And actually, A.J. had some good carries, but he didn't get until the second half. He says, why was that? Is he not the best back on the team? Uh, K-Dot, I think the answer to that is no. Um, during fall camp, I thought he might be the best back on the team, but the game film, do not lie, okay? The way coaches utilize players in games, that does not lie Henry Parrish, that is the best running back on the team right now. He's he's earned his spot. He's experienced. They trust him in pass protection, and he runs hard. Uh, AJ is also really good. AJ Allen can start on a lot of teams in America. He just isn't the starter at Miami right now. So he's an important member of that running back rotation, as we saw, you know, throughout the first game and even the carries he got in the second game against Texas A&M. But now, to answer your question, he is not the best running back on the team right now. That is Henry Parrish. Eight one eight. Callie Kane says, looks like we found our three wide receivers. However, when are we going to see more of Ray Ray? Is uh, like uh, X, he says, I know X is doing awesome. 
But what we heard in the offseason, it seems like they are going with the vets mostly, but specifically X, George, and Young. Thank you, 818. Now, this gives me an opportunity to address, um, I think, one of the uh, the untrue rumors that was going around the offseason, because I saw this on Kane's Twitter. I saw this on some of the message boards from, you know, people who, who don't have access to practice. Now, I have minimal access to practice because the media, we weren't even allowed to watch, like, practices in their entirety. We could only watch portions of it. But there was this rumor going around that uh, that Ray Ray looks so much better in practice than X and Ray Ray should start. I saw a lot of people pushing that rumor. It wasn't true from my point of view. Uh, and taking no Ray Ray is awesome. I take nothing away from Ray Ray Joseph, but just the idea that people were saying he's already better than Restrepo, it, it was not true. It's not true right now. It, it was never true. Maybe it'll be true someday. I mean, I you know, again, I, I don't I don't mean this as any way to tear Ray Ray down. I think Ray Ray is going to be you know the next Roscoe Parish here at Miami. I love Ray Ray. I just I think people were being a little bit disrespectful to Restrepo to try and perpetuate this idea that oh he's already been clearly passed by by Ray. That was a fantasy. I, I didn't see it happening that way. Um, but yeah, you're right about clearly, and we talked about it, you know, they have a very good idea now who their top three wide receivers are. And Shannon Dawson, he told us right before the first game, we got to find out who our dudes are. That's the exact way he phrased it. Let's find out who our dudes are. They found out who their dudes are, my friends. Um, so, oh, we got some good questions I want to answer on the other side. Uh, an improvement this team is making that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Uh, people want to know what's going on with Leonard Taylor. And, man, I try not to do this, but after that win over the Aggies, there's people starting to look ahead at uh, how many games Miami's going to win this year, how their big, tough stretch of four games coming up is going to go. We know you got you covered. We will answer your questions right here. Keep it locked. We're not done yet. We're only getting started on an all-new Locked on Canes. Oh, I'm only getting started on game time. Folks, last-minute tickets. Get your deals today at game time. You can get into that building today for a couple of bucks when Miami takes on Bethune-Cookman. Buying last-minute tickets should not be a stressful process. It is at certain places. There's nothing stressful about that at game time because at game time and on the game time app, you are always getting the best deal. Flash deals and last minute tickets and it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, whether it's a sporting event, a concert, a comedy show, they've got you covered at game time. You can even see images of the seat views, like what you're gonna be looking at from your section so you know exactly what your vantage point is gonna be. And let me tell you about the game time guarantee. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price at game time. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So you're always getting the best deal at game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen. 
Uh, we're answering you guys' questions from our exclusive subtext SMS community. Click the link in the show description below. Uh, you can ask me questions on there. I give you guys practice reports, breaking news, recruiting scoops. You can try it free for 14 days by clicking the link below. And if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of extra added value on there. Uh, let's see. Um, we get one from Chalupa Batman, our good pal, who says, what is one improvement in this year's team that won't show up on the stat sheet? Um, there's no stat for toughness, right? <laughs> I think that's uh, I was going to say size, but there are stats for size because you could check everybody's height and weight. But this team is just tougher. And are they mentally tougher? Are they physically tougher? Yes, all of the above. Um, this team is showing toughness and perseverance that you know that we certainly didn't see last year, and I think that's why it was so important. And obviously, there are a lot of players on this year's team that were also on last year's team, but there's a lot of players who are on last year's teams that are no longer here, and I think we're understanding a little bit why. And there's also a lot of coaches that were here last year that are no longer here, and we're understanding why. So the toughness, physical, and mental makeup of this team that's something that is pretty impossible to quantify on the stat sheet because we've talked about it. Had they opened up any game last year the way they opened up that AM game this year with blocked punt and a muffed punt and some of those untimely penalties, they would have gotten blown out. Like that's Kane's fans thought with the way when they were down 17 to 7 after that muffed punt. I'm getting tweets from people like, why should I even keep watching? This is, we haven't changed at all. We're going to get real. We're going to get, uh, what's the word? We're going to get, um, we're going to get blown out. I was trying to come up, with, come up with some creative way to say that. But no, it didn't play out that way because this team has toughness and you cannot quantify that on a stat sheet. Andy says, hey, can you give us your opinion on Leonard Taylor? Uh, yeah, he's not not had a, a big impact so far. Um, I, I wonder if he's dealing with something health-wise. That's the first thing I wonder, because if he is, we're not going to know much about it because they keep injury situations very close to the vest. You know, if you guys heard Mario's presser, I, I asked Mario, how are you know, the guys who got injured against Texas A&M, how are they doing? Just, we're monitoring them every day. That, that, that's it. That's, that's all they talk about. So I wonder if Leonard Taylor is dealing with something. I also, you know, I, I'd like him to play with a little bit more of a mean streak, right? Easy for me to say because I'm a really nice, smiley guy. You know, but I, I'd love to see Leonard Taylor just get a little nastier out there and, you know, just pretend like pretend the guy on the other side of the line of scrimmage owes you money or something. Just get out there and be a little bit angrier. Uh, so that, that's my take so far. Uh, we get a question from Jason from Middleburg who says, Dono, do you honestly think Miami can go 4-0 and or even 3-1 and during the stretch coming up of North Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, and NC State? Can they go 4-0? and Yeah. Will they? Probably not. Um, obviously, Florida State looks like the the toughest of those tough games out of those four. They're, they're all going to be difficult games. Florida State looks like the toughest out of those. I know people are kind of like, they're, they're looking at teams like, oh, UNC, they didn't do that well against Appalachian State. Clemson lost to Duke week one. People are saying, oh, those teams stink now. That's early in the season. They've got talented players. And in the case of UNC, they've got, you know, probably one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the entire country. You know, by the time Miami faces them, they will have had time to work out some of their issues. Same thing with Clemson. However, Miami has impressed me more so far 
than all of those teams except Florida State because what Florida State did to LSU was really what Miami did to Texas A&M was really impressive what Florida State did to LSU was arguably even more impressive so yeah Miami could go three and one or four and oh during that stretch but that that's such a difficult four game stretch that I, I don't think anyone would like be too shocked if they went two and two uh, you'd be pretty happy if they went three and one if they go four and oh we're starting to plan our national championship parade routes like yeah i'm not going to get ahead of myself on that one but yeah i think they can but it's going to be difficult okay um we get a question from ricky d who says after seeing the fight and determination our boys and coaches showed in the a m game don't you think that was only a taste of what we unleash on fs who given the rivalry you'd like to think so um and also I hope every Miami player, whether it's guys who were here last year, even guys who weren't, right? I hope every Miami player remembers what it felt like when they embarrassed you in your building last year. And I hope you've been harboring that resentment and that bitterness and that anger for the past year. And then that manifests itself in just like the same way I want Leonard Taylor to play. I want Miami's entire roster to play nasty, chip on a shoulder, mean streak in that game. Because to me, there's nothing more inexcusable than getting embarrassed in a rivalry game. And that's what happened to Miami at home last year. Try to give and I think Florida State's going to be ready to play. I I don't expect Florida State to, you know, to get embarrassed by anybody this year. But if Miami can play with a mean streak and match their intensity, then uh, hopefully it's a different ball game than it was last year. We get a question from Pat Mack who says, hey, uh, I watched the full game replay of the A&M game. Connor Wegman really impressed me. We beat the crap out of him and he stood in there. Reminds me of what TVD went through last year. I believe in giving credit where it's due. And listen, I agree. Uh, I know that for the last couple of days, like I, I basically, I've just pointed out how well Miami did against Connor Wegman, who was really hyped coming into that matchup. I'm not trying to say that I don't think Connor Wegman is good. I think he's very good. In fact, if I didn't think he was good, I wouldn't be giving proper credit to Miami for limiting Texas A&M's offense the way that they did. So I'm actually going to be watching Wegman and the Aggies pretty closely once they get into their SEC schedule just to see how they do because I think that kid's really good. And if he looks really good the rest of the year, that's only going to make Miami's defense look even better for you know winning that game and and getting two interceptions and playing against him and pressuring him the way that they did. So I appreciate that, Pat Mack. Give credit where credit is due. Uh, John says, hey, Dono, I have a question. Will Miami be able to pull off redshirting both Jakari and Emery? As long as Tyler Van Dyke stays healthy, you know, that uh, if he doesn't, all bets are off. But if TVD can start every game, I see no reason why you can't redshirt both of these guys. We get a question from Kane Cross the Alley who says, Can you break down for us who were the best or the next men up after the various D-line injuries on Saturday and how they fared compared to the starters? Um, Well, it's it's tough to say how they were compared to the starters uh, because in some cases the starters didn't play very much. But I'll tell you, Jared Harrison Hunt, he looked like a starter. You know, he ended up as Branson Dean went down early and J.A.H., Played 47 snaps in the game and was really productive. I thought that was a great game from Jared Harrison Hunt, who's usually been a second teamer. You know, he showed you he's capable of being you know, a first teamer at Miami in a lot of different places. Uh, Ahmad Moten also stepped up and played a lot. 25 snaps for the second year player. That's well above his average. Thomas Gore, the transfer from Georgia State, played 17 snaps. Jake Lichtenstein, uh, who's you know the 
veteran. Was he a fifth, sixth year senior? He came on and played 13 snaps. So that was the big breakdown. And overall, I said it a couple times this week. I was super impressed with the fact that you know you lost uh, two of your most important defense. You also lost Nigel Lee Kelly for a big stretch as well. So for long stretches of the game, you were playing without three of your four starting defensive linemen. Let me also mention Reuben Bain as well, who who played quite a bit and played very well. I think Bain got uh, how many snaps? Like 14, 15 snaps. I didn't write his snap countdown, but he was in there as well. Uh, the next man up mentality was on full display. And for a lot of us out there who were, you know, really criticizing Miami's defensive line depth, these guys are making us eat that crow. And I enjoy it. I like a little salt and pepper on there, a little olive oil. I like the taste of crow. I'm fine eating it if it means I was wrong about something that makes Miami look good. All right, my friends. Huge shout out. Thank you. Let's go Canes tonight. Miami Hurricanes against Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. Thank you for, for bearing with me as I'm, in a, uh, as I'm in a hotel today for this episode. But I wanted to bring you some content. And we will talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.